It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to another edition of Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. We bring a taste of the city into your downloads every week. And when I say we, I mean her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark. Now this week we're going to meet someone who can help your children with any learning that they might have missed during lockdown. The government talked quite a lot about uh, curriculum recovery. So it's the idea about how they can get all children back to the point where they would originally have been. I think there's a lot of parents that are a bit concerned that their kids might have missed out on stuff. Well, and I I think I I mentioned this in the interview, though. Nobody's missed anything because they're all at the same point. They're all just that much further back. Well, they haven't gone backwards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all just moving forwards at the same pace, you know? Has there been any talk at the prospect of a short summer holiday this year so they can cram in what they've missed? Not at our school, no. But I think it's a great idea. And do you know what? This came up lots because I know it's been, you know, punted as an idea. This came up and I... You know when they have a six-week break in the summer? That's so that they can go off and do the harvest. That's how long ago all of the school term stuff was set out. So I think, you know, if we can rethink it right now, that would be good. Because there is not a child in this world that doesn't get to the point after four weeks of going, I am so bored. And parents have all run out of money for things to do and run out of ice lollies in the in the freezer so you know it might be better to just have a little think about it maybe make october half term two weeks make february half term two weeks the flip side of shortening the school summer holidays is that the travel agents will ramp the price up even higher for a smaller window yeah but i like the idea of february and october being a bit longer. I quite like the idea that they would be put to work in those six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the solution, right? We all still go to work, but they've got to work too. <laughs> <laughs> what could you see Lois doing if she had to spend six weeks of the summer holiday this year working? Um, what job would she be good at? Right, she'd be a great builder, loves Lego. Will you do me a favour? Will you let me know which houses she's built so that I don't buy them? <laughs> I think hod carrier one brick at a time is probably the way to go for her. Her response to the builder would be, well, you're only using one brick at a time. (laughs) Good point, good point. It sort of got me a little bit of a lump in the throat when when they went back to school because the sound of the playground was absolutely deafening on that first day back. Um, It was... just put a smile on my face just to hear all those children so excited to be back and to see their mates and they couldn't stop running you know when you're a kid and you just run for fun what are you doing i'm just running (laughs) why just running just herring around the (laughs) playground trying not to knock parents over i did get my bike out the shed Monday afternoon and hear the far-off sound of children in a playground. And that felt quite nice to hear. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a really lovely sound at the moment. So, So they've gone back to school. Obviously, they've missed, I don't know, another two and a half months of, of school time. Um, And to to get them back in, I think this is a brilliant thing that the school is doing. So they've said, okay, it's a real sort of um, 
social education for the first week back. We're just going to do really fun stuff. And it's real sort of getting to know everybody again, making sure nobody's got any worries and anxieties and stuff. So we're just going to do fun stuff for a week. My question is this, is my child strange? Because she went, oh, fun stuff. I just wanted to do maths. (laughs) I think the answer to that is yes. (laughs) Or maybe she's worried that she's missed out because her temporary maths teacher wasn't quite up to the grave. I don't know. And you would be right. <laughs> but how lovely was it? So Canes Hill Primary and Valentine Primary, they decorated their gates. So it said, welcome back, and loads of balloons and all that. Oh, it was really sweet. They did that around the corner at Berrywood as well. There was bunting hanging along the fence. I thought it was such a lovely thing to do, to welcome the kids back. Yeah, I welcomed her back by having a gin and tonic at quarter past nine in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> The last school day before they went back to school, we heard that parents are invited to and probably encouraged to test themselves, not the children, the parents, test themselves at home One of these lateral flow tests. I'm going to be completely honest here. Okay. I have these tests. I went to the airport and picked up these tests. You know, it was so simple and it was so easy. And I thought, oh, maybe I should do a test on the Sunday because she's going back to school on the Monday. And then I thought, if that test says there's anything up, she won't be going to school on the Monday and she will absolutely kill me for that. (laughs) So I have to hands up. I did leave it for that day. But I just thought... I can't take that away from her, you know. I completely forgot mine was going in on Wednesday and I woke up to the sound of running water in a different part of the house and my first (laughs) thought was, hang on a minute, have we got a leaky pipe? And then I realised he was having a shower at quarter to seven in the morning. I can't remember the last time he was up at quarter to seven in the morning. He got himself up at quarter to seven. That must have been a shock to the system because he's pretty much been sleeping in until half eight most days. Well, he's allowed to. He's a teenager, right? He wakes up just in time to start his lesson and literally rubs the sleep out of his eyes, opens his laptop and starts straight away. (laughs) Can you imagine if you had a nine to five job waking up at 8.59? And just opening your laptop and starting with 60 seconds between your alarm going off and starting your day at work. I'd love to do it. Still to come, we're going to share a beautiful story about the new Forest Show and talk about the new travel hub that'll be opening soon in Southampton. In the meantime, though, back to schooling for just a second. If you're a parent and you're seeking extra tuition for your children after months of homeschooling, then our next guest can help. Callum Watts is the Centre Director for Explore Learning on Shirley High Street. We are a maths and English learning centre. Um, which primarily existed on um, in centres, so the one in Shirley High Street, and we've got a, a lot of others around the country. Mm-hmm. But we then moved online, uh, as everything did um, last year. Um, so we now exist online and in centre um, when we reopen next month. And we are a maths and English learning centre with a focus on um, soft skills and building their growth mindset. So our mission is to create fearless learners. Fearless learners. I like that. I like that. Because I think, you know what, it's it's exactly what Gokwan says. <laughs> it's all about the confidence, isn't it? Everything. Definitely. English, yeah. maths, whatever it is, it's all about confidence. So you've taken your stuff online. What have they been doing? Prior to, you know, COVID, we 
did tuition in ratios of one tutor to six children. Okay. Very much classroom based and um, more around kind of replicating what they do in the school. But when we moved online, we originally moved on to doing one-to-one tuition through, you know, like a video platform like Zoom or Teams. Yeah. And yeah, for the most part, we existed doing that. But since then, we've adapted and grown it. And we we now do online group sessions with creative writing. It's been a really nice kind of moment for children to meet each other because they've been, they've been with the same tutor every week on their one-to-one and then in their group lesson, seeing different children. Um, yeah, it's been really lovely. And just seeing people, you know, as you talk about a growth mindset, that's what you want, isn't it? Is it? It's for them to sort of be talking about the work because that's what they haven't had, mm-hmm. is they haven't had that classroom full of other children to talk to. Competition and engagement and all those different things, it's, it's, it's missing, isn't it? But it's so nice when you can facilitate that. Yeah, great. Anybody worried about children missing out or anything that needs to catch up? Are you putting anything in place for that? Obviously, the age-old tradition of tuition is people think that it's just for children who who need help or who are, who are working towards where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've always been of the mind that actually... You know, we can challenge children and we can give them new opportunities. So just in the same way that, yes, there might be children who or parents that feel their children might have missed out on learning. There's also some who feel like their children want more learning. And actually, the last year hasn't really given them enough. So we help all children with all those different parts, really. And what do you say to people that are worried, you know, that they think, oh, my child's missed out on a lot of learning. Just speaking from experience, trying to homeschool an eight-year-old, I was watching the videos to try and work out how to do these things, and it was pretty tough. Teaching your own children is never going to go down well. Well, it sounds like you did incredible, and I think to any parent and any child to have even just got through to this point, that's the most important thing. Um, we, we recently worked with a company called Head Above the Waves, who um, work with children's mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's been such a big focus on that. And actually, I think just to kind of recognise that we've got this far and this is where we are, that's just amazing. So that would probably be the first thing that I say to a parent is just, it's okay and you do, you're doing incredible. Because I know that, sorry, I, I know that some people are saying, well, the children aren't behind because they're all at the same level. Absolutely. Obviously, the government talk quite a lot about, um, I think the phrase they use is a curriculum recovery. So it's the idea about how they can get all children back to the point where they would originally have been. But yeah, everyone's in the same boat. And yes, there's certain children who maybe would have thrived online, who've done well in that environment, and others who, you know, just actually kind of waking up and kind of as as all of us getting up and just getting through the day is is important. For the most part, yeah, there's a huge focus in education from what we do to keep it going and keep them engaged because they've got a long time ahead of them. And that's what's most important. Yeah, yeah. And and so what sort of age groups do you teach? So we work with our youngest children who are four, um, either in reception or as soon to be starting, all the way up to children who are in the later part of secondary school. We do have some children who are in their GCSE years, but we focus on the curriculum up until the year nine. Um, so four to 14 is our typical age range. There's some children who... Um, are working well beyond what they're doing and they're preparing to go to schools like King Edwards or to grammar schools and we've got some other children who maybe are just learning to read and write so yeah a real broad spectrum and it's so rewarding. In lockdown you would have done well to um, have parents lessons (laughs) (laughs) yeah just speaking from my own experience some of the things that that my daughter was set I was like 
I don't know how to do that. So, <laughs> and maybe that's what we were missing was, you know, it was the tutor telling us yep. how to do and how to show <laughs> our children how to do what they're supposed to do. The amount of parents I spoke to, I can think even from March last year all the way through to now, I regularly have this conversation, especially with more learning happening at home. I just say, if you're not sure, pick up the phone. And if I, if I can't work it out just then over the phone and explain, I'll point you in the direction of a video or something so that you can find it. Great. But I think we've also got to remember, and you need to remember, Zoe, you're not a teacher, and that's okay. That has been pointed out quite a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Teachers are superheroes. They're incredible what they do in schools. So we're coming into spring now. The kids have gone back to school. Hooray! What is going to come up for you now? So our tuition continues as normal. We're we're reopening in April um, alongside uh, providing the government guidelines allow us from the 12th, um, and our online provision is going to continue. We've also got to a point now where we've just started delivering um, free community workshops, which is really, really exciting and a part of the job that we haven't been able to do that I really love. Um, so just in the February half term and also coming up in, in Easter is we worked with Hampshire Libraries. So we delivered some free online workshops to children. So again, uh, often we'll just do one topic. So we did um, Fun with Phonics was one of the ones we did um, last time. Um, and in the next one, we've got... Um, be a maths wizard um, and is looking at times tables we've got one called telling the time which is pretty self-explanatory um and yeah and they generally kind of we do have them different age abilities but the ones coming up are generally for six to nine year olds um in the hampshire libraries callum watts the center director for explore learning on the high street in shirley are you feeling a bit better about your exploits in homeschooling after hearing callum tell you that it's okay. Yes, it's very much a safety net there, isn't it? <laughs> Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. There's been quite a lot of exciting news for the city this week. Let's talk about the travel hub first. Yeah. This is going to be in Bitten, and it's a place where residents can park their vehicles and access other travel options. Ooh. So there'll be bikes, there'll be cargo bikes, there'll be public transport and e-scooters as well. So essentially... It's like a park and ride. For everything. You can get a kayak, you can take a skateboard into town, whatever you like. There's even a camel you can hire. I'd be up for a camel ride. (laughs) But there's no parking in town for them, is there? Oh, you could find some railings, you could just loop the the reins round. You know, it's a great idea in principle, and I think scooters will be really, really popular, but not quite so popular going up the hill back to Lance's Hill Car Park, which is going to be the base for the hub. That's why we need e-scooters, right? I live at the top of a hill, and the amount of electric bikes I see coming past, they're great, they're really good, but you can tell which ones are on an electric bike and which ones are on a normal push bike because of the redness of their face when they reach our house. (laughs) (laughs) Can't we just put a ski lift in? (laughs) One of those in Bitten, running all the way down to Mayflower Park and back again. Do you not think? These are all lovely ideas, Simon. I think you should get in touch with the council. I think it might be a bit too much for just a six-month trial, but long-term, maybe a ski lift. They have that ski lift, don't they, going across the Thames to the Millennium Dome. No, it's not called that, is it? What is it called? The O2, the Millennium Dome. That's what it is. (laughs) 
Um, and the other good thing, this is about car parks as well. Pub car parks, they reckon that they might be able to be used as pub gardens. So you know when the next lot of restrictions are raised and you will be able to go to a pub and get a takeaway or sit outside in the garden and eat or drink. They're saying that you can change the car parks into a pub garden, you see. This is great news for local industry as well because I know Mm. there is a company on the Isle of Wight that makes picnic benches. Because I've sat in the queue for the Isle of Wight ferry coming back before and there's been a lorry with a curtain side open that's just got picnic benches stacked. (laughs) So this is great for local economy. If we're going to be converting pub car parks into beer gardens, it's going to help this company on the Isle of Wight who can just churn out the picnic benches. Nice. Very nice. And more pub news. Sorry, this is me just giving a shout out to Pub Delivery Company. I had a Sunday roast from them. So this is the railway in Botley. And that roast was phenomenal. It's only me and my little one here, right? There's no point in me making roast beef. She won't eat it. But she can have a bit of the veg and I can make her some chicken dippers or something to go along with it. So that dinner was phenomenal i always look at photos like that on your instagram with a little bit of envy because they've managed to carve the beef just perfect and i can (laughs) never do beef that thin maybe i need a sharper knife maybe i just need to up my skills on the carving front you want to get an electric life like your nan used to have that's just a step too close to being an old git I've got one. I've got one. Does it get much use? No, of course it doesn't. There you go. Don't do that much cooking. We've got some great news for the Aegeus Bowl. It's been chosen to host the inaugural ICC World Test Championship final. Although it can't be called the Aegeus Bowl, it's got to be called the Hampshire Bowl, which I'm assuming is something to do with advertising rights. Right, okay. it's an international competition. Okay. But India will now face off against New Zealand at the home of Hampshire Cricket on the 18th of June. That's just going to be so confusing for everyone because I've only just got used to not calling it the Rose Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and now I can't call it the Aegeus Bowl. For the duration of that tournament, it's got to be the Hampshire Bowl. Nobody knows what's going on and when because that's the week when all the restrictions should, fingers crossed, be lifted. So all of a sudden we go from being able able to see six people to being able to see 60,000 people. I can't get my head around it, really. You know, I was thinking about Camp Bestival. It's at the end of July. So within a month, we will have gone from only being able to meet up with six people, probably outside, to going to a festival. What? <laughs> really? I can't get my head around whether or not they'll be able to finish that car park they're building just off Junction 7. You know where that massive mound of sand has been yeah. for ages? Yeah. They've now got that timeline. They've got to have that car park sorted by the 18th of June. Well, maybe they haven't. <laughs> that mound of sand is like Southampton's newest tourist attraction. <laughs> if I was a tour guide, I'd be taking people past that. These are the pyramids of Southampton. <laughs> the great sand mound of... Canes Hill. So I've got news as well. Bin Day has changed. What? For you as well? We've had a Bin Day change over here too. Yes. Look, it threw everybody out. We were on the neighbours' WhatsApp and we were like, (laughs) I sent a message saying, can everybody remember it's new Bin Day, but it's also the same bin as you put out last week. (gasps) How confusing can this be? I think it was green bin out two weeks on the trot. (laughs) So then the other bin was getting too full. So we're all back on the WhatsApp going, has anybody got any room in their bin? It wasn't quite so bad for us here because we went from 
grey bin on a Friday to green bin on a Tuesday. So that worked out quite nicely. There was no WhatsApp group for me, but I did stick a reminder in the phone, a repeating reminder (laughs) that as of the 2nd of March... It just said bin day. For the rest of the year, it said bin day. When my kids said, Dad, with the calendar, did you mean to do I said, yes, I did, because it's going to stay like that until I've remembered that it's going to be bin day. And the thing is, when I lived back in Birmingham, which was 2006, bin day was a Friday there as well. Well, they are. Look, so you, it's made for you. It's a massive culture change. I spent the last <laughs> 20 years having my rubbish collected on a Friday and now it's all gone. Forget Meghan and Harry's interview. This <laughs> bin chat is where it's at, man. It's what a whole of Southampton's <laughs> talking about, bins. Um, I've got a lovely story for you. Just before we go, I've got a lovely story for you. Okay. So uh, I went and met up with a friend of mine, Tiona. We went for a lovely walk with her dog and... Um, we were talking about all of the events that we missed last year. And she said about the New Forest Show. I love the New Forest Show. Have you ever been, Simon? Oh, every year, pretty much, when the kids were small. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's just brilliant. I just love all of that sort of agricultural side of things. Managed to see a summer house that you'll never buy. You'll never have a garden big enough to put it in. For me, it's the foods. It's the chutneys and the pies. And I always buy Uh a bottle of Thunder Toffee vodka when I'm there as well. Well, so my friend Tiona, she went along to this and uh, she was sort of maybe 10 years old, something like that. And her mum gave her a fiver for lunch and she came back with a rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) So the mum's like, oh, now we've got to buy a hut. I thought that was wonderful. She wanted to keep it as a pet. That wasn't just like, I brought you home the raw ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was it. She went and bought herself a pet with lunch money. And it could have been worse. She could have managed to negotiate a deal on a pony, which would have cost them even more. (laughs) Well, fingers crossed that event will go ahead. I don't know whether we've gone past the point where they need to put the wheels in motion to organise something like that yet, but it certainly looks hopeful that we'll, uh, we'll be seeing other events happening later in the year. I see the Killers have rescheduled their concert for 2022. Yeah, right. I think it's 30th of May next year, but that's still going ahead. That'll be third time lucky, hopefully, if you've got tickets to go to that. Well, thanks for listening once again. We hope you've enjoyed our chat, whether you took us running with you, whether you've had us on in your ears while you're cooking a meal. Maybe you just fancied some company because the house was too quiet. Now the kids have gone back to school. We really appreciate your comments on social media too. If you're not following us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, go and find us there, especially if you want updates on what Zoe's having for her Sunday lunch. (laughs) All the hard-hitting headlines. (laughs) And don't forget, of course, please subscribe and if you enjoy the conversation the best compliment you could play us is to tell a friend have a great week Zoe and you Simon you've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast The So So Show 